I want me some glory hope. to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Our Heart Radio, or on Spring Week. Thank you, Shin. Glory Hole, thank you for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy, Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right, Ooh. Cephas, here we go. Our hot streak continues. Six and three premium picks last Woo! week to our clients. Both our podcast parlays hit, totaling a 28 to 1 payout. We are just handing out free money to everyone. Matter of fact, we're doing so much winning and money giveaways that the Biden crime family is jealous. So I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually expecting a call or an email from Hunter soon. Uh, so just remember, Bo Sivas, Sweden, whatever deal he's offering with cocaine and hookers, and I promise you, <laughs> we will finally find out who's got the bigger dick, Obama or his husband, Michelle. <laughs> now, whether you are here for the funny... <laughs> We're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking a Santa Fe Brewing Company Oktoberfest. It is our last podcast of October. I gave it 3.25 stars. Very solid beer. Along with a few facts about Santa Fe. Of course, it was founded by the Germans in 1598. In fact, the name Santa Fe in German means meth-addicted red people. Sounds right. Sounds right. Yeah, and some of those meth-addicted red people started a revolt in 1650 and kicked the Germans out of Santa Fe. 
Well, after that, the Germans said, well, fuck all this nonsense. They moved to Texas, where they invented the pickup truck, bull riding, and the goddamn quesadilla. And as for those filthy savages in New Mexico, well, honestly, nobody ever gave a fuck about them ever again. So, all's well that ends well, baby. I guess those Germans were the original Mesopotamians, and they just created and invented everything. On this, on, at least on this podcast, they do. Oh, you're damn right. It's the Germans! Yeah. They did it all, baby. All right, we're going to do it all in this podcast. We're going to go over every game in the NFL in the air tonight. And, of course, of course, we're going to get you paid with those free picks, as we always do. But right now, we're going to get it paid. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by KidsBeGone.com. We've all heard the stat that 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Well, here's a stat that you probably haven't heard. 98% of those failed marriages end because of those poor couple's shitty-ass kids. That's right. It's not because the man and woman couldn't get along. They got along just fine before those little nipple-nibblers came along. But now everybody in the goddamn house is miserable because those little fucktards can't go five fucking seconds without needing something from somebody and the marriage fails. Big fucking shocker! Well, if you and your spouse are headed down the road to divorce and you think there's nothing you can do about it, you're fucking wrong. From the company that brought you the service Wife Be Gone comes a brand new service that will save your marriage for sure. Introducing Kids Be Gone! Kids Be Gone is a flat-fee, brat-ridding service that will resuscitate your love life by sending your little shit bags packing for good. Talk about a fucking redo on life! Holy shit, these guys are miracle workers! So if your fuck trophies have turned out to be participation ribbons, then you need to go right now! to kidsbegone.com and put an our code word glory hole for 10% off their booger eater defeater program. That's kidsbegone.com code word glory hole for 10% off their services one more time. kidsbegone.com code word glory hole. Holy shit Longhorn, that Kids Be Gone uh, sounds like a hell of a product. Like, I've never officially had to use it or at least I can't claim that I have due to legal proceedings. Right. However, uh, I do remember you used to have a couple of kids and now I, didn't, I don't think that you do anymore so I don't know. I don't know if you use them or I don't know. I don't know how that works. I'm not sure. Well, the the great thing about when you get old is the kids just be gone on their own and you are, <laughs> you're just so fucking happy that they're fucking gone. Like, get out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> It's happening. Stay f***ing What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! It is time to go over all those games in the NFL in the air tonight for week eight. Now, this week we do have some before the buys. We got some. We got a shit ton of after the buys. It's a little bit different from last week. I will call those out with the records as we go through them. But we will start Longhorn up there in Indianapolis with those Colts and my boy the Mustache take home them New Orleans Saints. And this line is bounced around. It's kind of all over the place. In the contest, it's a pick'em. So we'll go ahead and just call it a pick'em. 
Yeah, you can call it whatever you want. I, I've got no feel in this game, and I'm glad that we have. This is two weeks in grow, two weeks in a row that we're starting a game in which I, of a slate that I love, that we're starting with a game that I don't love and don't have a great feel uh, for this one. It, it, you know, Andy's coming off that loss that they that they just should have won. You know, like bottom line, outside of Miles Garrett, they kind of dominated that game for the most part, and they walk away with the L. So. You know, you could say that that this this could be like an emotional letdown. It's hard to bounce back from a from a game like that and and losing a game like that. But you know, New Orleans is on my my no no list, like do not bet list. I uh, uh, they've handed me the most losses that I've got in the Super Contest, and I just don't have a great feel on them in general. And uh, as a matter of fact, they handed both of us a loss last week to the clients on thursday night when the under was 39 and they go out and score i mean i think they scored like you know they had their biggest offensive outputting of the of the season so they're just a you know they're they're just all over the place i don't i don't i can't get a read on new orleans and they can't seem to get a read on themselves in, in general now the coaching edge in this in this game which is something i do look at even more heavily now than ever yeah, it's just a huge fucking edge to Indy. So, so there's a check mark to them on that side. Uh, you, but Minshew, you know, he he's he's kind of like the this, what did I say? But Sam Howell, he's kind of Yolo. He's Yolo like Sam Howell. Like he's either he's either gonna throw you out of a game like he did against the Jaguars two weeks ago, or he's gonna you know go outside of structure, scramble, make plays outside the pocket, like he did last week against Cleveland. So. Uh, we did see TL. We did see Trevor Lawrence last week, even though he was supposed to be hurt. He's supposed to have a fucked up knee. We did see Supposedly. him. Supposedly. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later with with the the games that NFL coaches are playing with these injuries. But we saw him get outside of structure against New Orleans and make some plays and put up a, a healthy amount of points on that really good Saints defense. So, in a game that I do not like and a game that's a pick em, I, I'm going to give the edge to the coaching staff of Indy. I'm going to give the edge to the ability of Minshew to get outside of structure and make some plays, enough points in this game to to steal this win at home. Um, and, and just the fact that New Orleans is so inconsistent, I just cannot bet on them at all. But I don't like this game. What do you got, Bocevas? Yep, so the numbers are split on this one. The buckets are on Indy uh, pretty heavily. Indy, a 58% bucket. New Orleans falls into a... 36 and 37% bucket. Now, I'm not interested like you in backing the Saints in any capacity at the moment. And there's a good reason for that. I mean, if you don't know, boys and girls, Derek Carr is the least profitable quarterback, ATS, since he came into the league. He holds the record. He sucks balls at trying to win you money. The forever record? Not forever record, but since he came in the league, he is the least profitable quarterback that is still currently starting um, so golf oh, is the best and he's the worst. Yeah, which the golf thing's turned around. Uh, that's pretty good for him. So, I mean, it, and we'll go over the Detroit numbers in a little bit, but yeah, since, and golf wasn't that way in the Rams. So, again, we'll go over that in a little bit, but yeah, he is the worst. Now, I'll get into this a little bit more as the podcast goes, but I started deep diving into. Because it, it's that time of the year we have to start looking at what these teams do well, what they don't do well. We've got six to seven games worth of data points on them at this point. So now we kind of see they're taking shape. 
and matchups and kind of what, you know, where they thrive and where they don't. So Indy last week was able to score 30 points plus on the best defense in the NFL. Like you said, if you score 38 points on the Browns defense, you have to win that game. You have to win the game. But the reason why they were able to do that is because Cleveland primarily plays man coverage. And Indy's rating versus man so far this year, 96.6 compared to 77.4 versus the zone. Well, the Saints are the number one man defense playing percentage in the NFL. They play man defense 64% of the time. Cleveland plays it 54% of the time, so even more. So I expect more offensive output from the mustache. I expect more offensive output put for Indy. Like yeah. you said, there's zero percent chance that I can back the Saints, so it is definitely Indy or pass for me on this one. All right, sounds good. All right, moving on. Oh, we're going to. Oh, we just talked about them. Well, you did. Those Jaguars. <laughs> they are visiting those Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're two and a half point road favorites. Where the fuck did I put this? Uh, okay, looking, looking. Um, oh, yes. Okay, this is one of the three, possibly four sounders of the weekend. Hit that sounder, and if you're new to the podcast, we always have Ludinus. Lud, Jesus Christ, can I English? Let's do English. We always have easy new, for you to say. New listeners. All right, cut all that shit out. You, nobody's gonna hear that. <laughs> that that's gonna be immediately deleted from the podcast. New listeners, when I hit the sounder, it means that an underdog wins the game straight up. So if you're in a pick'em contest and I hit the sounder, that means you take the team I'm talking about. I like Pittsburgh in this game. Um, it might it might feel chalky and might feel like a like a square dog, but um, if they're going to keep giving me Pittsburgh and this and and um, and points at home, then I'm just going to keep taking them until they prove me wrong. Um, let me see if I get to my right up here. Um, da, da, da. Oh, yeah. Like Carr, Carr lit up this secondary last year or last week for Jacksonville and Pittsburgh with, with Deontay Thompson coming back. They showed a little life. They actually have an explosive player on offense now. And you might not think that's a very big deal, but when you're a horrible offensive coordinator team and, and you have no, you really have no – you're not going to scheme people open. Then you have to have the dudes, okay? <laughs> and you can only have the dudes on offense if you've got someone that can take the top off and threaten the defense. And when you have that guy in there, that opens things up for pickings. It opens things up for the tight end position. I know Firemuth is, is only with injury, but just the tight end position in general. Uh, so, so him coming back is a big, big deal. And um, uh, and, and, and they're 4 and 2 Pittsburgh's four and two, and here's the deal: if they're four and two and they win the next two games at home, by the way, the next two games are at home and they're against Jacksonville and ten- uh, Tennessee. So if they, if they're six and two going into the bye because they have a bye, have a bye after these two games, we're looking at a whole like you'll never get Pittsburgh again at home as a dog. Okay, so so I still think this is a buy on time for Pittsburgh. I think that you're you're still getting value with them. And at two and a half, they're a perfect tease up situation, also. Uh, but but I like them to win this game. And you know, TL he didn't show that he was hurt last week. Um, but 
We'll we'll see if he can if he can um he's dragging this team. Bottom line is I hate Jacksonville. I don't know how they keep winning games. They have no pass rush and a bad offensive line. If he can go to Pittsburgh and drag it and drag that shitty roster to a win at Pittsburgh, then I'll just take I'll tip my hat and say, okay, congratulations. But yeah, I'm all over Pittsburgh here. All right. Well, the numbers are in agreement with you on Pittsburgh. There are one, two, three, four, five, six agreements this week. Last week, the agreements went two and one, so they are heating up. The buckets are with you on Pittsburgh, 55-45. Uh-oh. Jacksonville, though, so the spot is um, kind of split. Jacksonville, before the bye, away favorite. That is 37-27-1, and so great spot to be. But obviously, Pittsburgh at home, Tomlin as a dog, we know. So that's where I wanted to dig in, and I did. So basically, Tomlin, as a home dog without big men, is 2-2-1 two, two, and one the last two seasons. If you don't count Baltimore this year, which I don't because we know how those games go, it doesn't matter who the dog is, the dog covers, and that's I had to throw that out. So the common denominator between their losses and wins are very apparent when you dig in. All four teams they played – in those games were top 10 defenses, which I would have thought that would be the problem because Pittsburgh's offense is so fucking poverty. But it's actually the opponents with the offense that makes the difference. So both losses came to top 10 offenses. Both wins came to against below average offenses. Well, Jacksonville's neither. They're 13th in DVOA. So they're not elite, but they are above average. So I decided to jack- dive into Jacksonville. I left out 2021 because that was Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. It was a disaster with that fucking shit-ass coach. So I just started with last year. So since last year, and almost halfway through this year, Jacksonville's 15-11 straight up and 15-11 ATS with a plus 3.96 ATS margin all games. And that's with starting 2-6 ATS in 2022. So since week 9 in 2022 till now, 13-5 ATS. That's including the 2-0 ATS in the playoffs last year. Now, on the road, 7-5 ATS, all games considered since 2022, covering by 6.5 points per game, but since week 9, 6-2 ATS. Now, they've only been road favorites twice in the last year and a half, so not familiar territory, you would think, well, that's where you clip these kind of teams. They're a little out of their depth. They're waiting in, you know, high water. Nah, in those two games, 2-0 ATS and straight up. But more importantly, they're covering in those two games by 15 points per game, including week one this year where they beat us, where they were uh, three-and-a-half point faves at Indy. Look, Hmm. I know it's Tomlin. I know it's a home dog. I know I should be on Pittsburgh. The numbers tell me I should be on Pittsburgh. The buckets tell me I should be on Pittsburgh. But this is one of two games this week that I just have my handicapper spidey senses tingling, telling me there's something too obvious here. And I'm not here. Here's I cannot go against all of our data. I just can't do it. That's a negative EV probability. So zero chance I can take Jacksonville in the contest. But I I don't know that I can land on Pittsburgh, which that kills me because this is like you said, it's the spot. This is the team. This is what they do. I had them last week on the road, the Rams, and I should just be all over them, but something is telling me here, it just seems too obvious, it seems too square, 
I don't know. I it's probably going to be a pass for me, and it, it, that really kills me because I've got everything, everything, everything that we built, that we do, and and everything you said, everything tells me Pittsburgh. So it should just be a fucking blind shove my money over the fucking counter. Give me fucking Pittsburgh. There's two games this week. This is one of them. This is something stopping me from doing it. I mean, the tickets and the cash are both basically split 50-50. So it's, I mean, it's not, it's not like a heavy, nothing heavy go is going either way. Um, I just, it, it just screams a three-point game either way. So yeah, obviously it'd be great to get that plus three, but they're not going to ticket there because they know they get fucking hammered. Well, you, so. get, you can get plus three at... What is this points bet? And I don't know what the fuck this book is, but it's going to cost you one eighteen to do it. Yeah. So they must need some. They must need some Pittsburgh. They probably need some fucking Pittsburgh actions. What I can say there. We'll we'll see where the game lands. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it it gets there. But I don't know, man. Like I said, I I can't I can't dispute anything you said and. All of our data is with you, so. I mean, it doesn't really feel trap. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but it doesn't really feel trappy to me, or you know, smelly to me because Jacksonville, you know, their 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 numbers. I mean, their their records better, their point differentials better. So the and you say you don't know how Jacksonville's winning. I have no idea how the fuck Pittsburgh wins a single football game ever, other than T.J. Watt. Ever, ever. Their offense <laughs> is literally poverty. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. But I bet on him last week, and I had him on the money line. So, like, I know I'm contradicting myself. I'm I'm contradicting everything that we believe in. I I understand that, but there's something about this game that I don't know. I I, God damn it! Just it goes against everything I believe in. Jacksonville's not going to go win five fucking games in a row with this sorry ass fucking roster. So prove prove me wrong, Jacksonville. Go ahead. Except they've been doing it for a year and a half. But all right. Uh, well, yeah. well, about a year, a year, one year, about a year. Yeah, I know they're they're, they're I know. that breaking everything I know, I know about football. I know, and that's what fucking kills me. Like they keep just and they're like I said, the margin that they're covering these games by because they're almost always the dog. But even when they're the favorite, the favorite, the margin doubles when they're the favorite. They're missing their. They are going to be missing their best corner. I won't say their best defensive player, but cer- certainly one of them. Their best corner uh in this game so uh I just, everything points to pittsburgh I, I i i don't know if i'll have it in a contest maybe i will maybe i won't but yeah it's it's definitely one of my favorite plays all right moving on those carolina panthers oh they're back they're off a of bye well guess what so are the houston texans oh we got a double off the bye situation <laughs> and those panthers are three-point home dogs yeah that you know, this one's this. This is the one that scares me. You were talking about Jack. This one scares me because I love Houston in this game. You and and it feels like I'm walking into it a little bit. Quarterback edge, coaching edge, all to Houston. Um, you know, I'm going to continue to fade this Carolina team, and, and I'm going to I'm going to continue to fade them because until <laughs> until they give me a reason not to, then I'm just going to keep doing it and. Um, you know, like I said, I feel it feels like I'm the square side here, and I hate being that. But um, uh, until they until they tell me that they that they're not shitty and they're not they don't have chaos in that locker room and that and the chaos between the quarterback and the coach because you know remember that story I, I told you a week or two weeks ago that the coach didn't even want Bryce Young until that settles down and they show me they can actually go win a game. 
then I'm going to go ahead and continue to fade them. And, um, oh, and the other thing is, like, again, if, you know, Houston's obviously way, way better than, than we expected them to be. We're almost definitely going to lose that under ticket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is fine. But I will say this. They're plus 22 in point differential. They're 3-3. Three and three. If they continue at this pace, they're probably going to win, what would you say, bro? Like nine, yeah, nine games? Nine eight, games. Eight or nine games? Okay. If they're if they're a if they're let's say they're a nine win team, and let's say Carolina does get that first overall pick, and they're sitting at well, they're zero and six. So yeah, let's say they get the first overall pick, and they're two and fourteen. And this game was played in week seven. Sorry, yeah, I always get I always get fucked up with that. Let's say this game is played in week seventeen, and there's max motivation, and all the players have to play. What would the line be, Bosevis? Carolina's Carolina's. Got one or two wins, and Houston is a nine-win team. What would the line be in this game? Houston's got a win to get in. Sure, sure. Oh, max, max motivation. You just like just like in this week, six, you got max motivation. Okay, so that's that's kind of how I look at it. I, I put four and a half. You know, I'm not the numbers guy, but I put four and a half. So you're getting at least two points of value here. I've got to lean to Houston. I got to. Yeah, I mean, I here's the thing. I don't know how you don't. Um, the numbers are split. The buckets are actually for Carolina, 55-45. Actually, 55.5 plus or 44.5. I, I'm going to start off this. I don't like starting off handicaps like this, but I'll tell you why I did this in just a second. So I'm going to start off with a couple of trends. Two teams coming up by week eight or later, and the home team has zero wins. Zero. Uh, the home team. Team is three and one ATS with plus three point seven five ATS margin. It's only happened four times in the history of fucking ever, and the only time the line was three or less, which this line is, that's the one straight up win in the situation for the home dog. Also, since two thousand twelve, away favorites after the bye week, week eight and on, with a fifty percent winning percentage, are zero and three straight up and zero and three ATS with a negative six point five ATS margin. All three games went under by an average of 14.5 points, and the average total is 43.5, which is exactly where this game is. So, obviously, Vegas has seen this movie before. They are setting this market exactly where they've seen it before with the data. That's how they do things. Look, I started off the handicap like that because I know Carolina is the worst team in football, not just because they have zero wins. I don't give a fuck about that. I look through that and see through the metrics. They are the worst team. They're, they're, they have zero wins for a fucking reason. They are the worst fucking team in football. But I also know they're not the worst team I've ever seen in our metrics. They're not going to go 0-17. No. And Frank Wright turned over play calling to his offensive coordinator. They've had the bye week to work on it. Look, You I, take this shitty quarterback. Yeah. Look, I don't have anything <laughs> redeemable to say about Carolina. There's no silver bullet. There's no magic matchup I can point to. Their quarterback is not a real NFL quarterback. Their head coach fucking sucks. Their barbecue is trash. That's right, I said it! Mm. But, I gotta go Carolina or pass anyway because it's now or never for them, man. It's either you circle the wagons right here or you fucking fire the coach, you cut the quarterback, and I don't know, you burn the fucking stadium down. I don't know what else to fucking do. They they have to win. This is one of two games in their schedule that is winnable the rest of the year. They have to win this fucking game or they're not going to probably win a fucking game. So it's it's yeah. now or fucking never for them. And that's yeah. that's the way I see it. So it's either Carolina or pass for me on this one. 
Yeah, it just it does it feels wrong leaning to Houston. You're, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I'm not betting it. I can tell you, I'm not saying a contest play, but yeah, it just I'm gonna stick with until you show me that you can do it. Then I'll then I'll go the other way. But yeah, I don't I don't hate that that theory that yeah they they they're not gonna go in seventeen. They gotta win one. Why not here? This is the spot. This is this is the spot. This is yeah. the only spot that. You're, and again, as good as Stroud's been, and he's been fucking great, historically great, actually for a rookie. He's still a rookie quarterback. It's still a he's trip. He's gotten away with some shit too, though. It's still after the bye, which is the worst spot to be. It doesn't matter what spot you're in. After the bye is just the worst. It's the worst spot. So, and they're both on that same spot. So that kind of nullifies each other. Like I said, I gave you the trends on when two teams. It's, it's only the fourth time. We've ever seen this, so and you know numbers, how you got. You get, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just saying the numbers line up exactly. So again, Vegas doesn't get fooled by these situations. They have all this empirical data. They know where they've set these lines before. They know where it fucking they know where the action falls. They know where the games fall. It's it's not a fucking accident that they fucking get people to go fifty fifty. Yeah, and you know how you got to horse you up your ass if you're uh, if you're Stroud on the year. The last game he played when I took New Orleans um, to. <laughs> Minus one to beat them at, at Houston. He threw his first pick of the season, and the linebacker was returning the ball and immediately gets stripped, and Houston re-recovers it for a, a first down. He threw an interception, got a first down. So, God, that's when you know that's when you know things are going well. But that won't continue. You're like that. He's going to have two interception days. He's going to look like shit, and uh, it might come when you least expect it. Right here against Carolina. So. I actually like your lean to Carolina there. All right, moving on. Oh, those Washington Redskins. They're hosting those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles, and they are six-and-a-half-point home dogs. Yeah, people hate it. I, I get it. They hated it when I leaned this way, th- what was it, two, three weeks ago with Washington. But I'm going to lean with Washington again here. It's just another great spot. I love that Philly is coming off a – huge win in primetime against Miami that we called right here on the podcast. Um, but the, you know, and you'll probably come back over the top and tell me, well, actually these two teams don't play that close there in, uh, in Washington. They only play close in Philly and that's fine. Maybe right. And you can swim me. You can swim me if that's the case, but I go off spots and Washington was embarrassed last week in a huge fucking way, huge embarrassment. Uh, for them and Philly obviously killed Miami in prime time. So you've got a letdown spot for one team. You got a bounce back spot for another. I would love for this game to tick up to seven, but I doubt that it is going to. So um, it's ugly. It's disgusting. And actually, this game is in Washington. Sorry. So Washington always plays Philly close in Philly. That's right. So you can let me know how they do at home against Philly, but I am taking those six and a half points. I'm a rel- I'm gonna just rely on the matchup, these the, whatever matchup thing they have going on here in division, and the fact that one's coming off a high, one's coming off a low, and these things tend tend to even out in the NFL, especially with home division dogs. What's the uh, what's the cash ticket split on this game? Just curious. Oh, one second. The cash is. Tickets sixty two percent Philly, cash fifty five percent Philly. So it's not it's not in that spot that I like it. Most tickets on one and uh, and cash on the other. But, yeah, but you know, I'm just wondering because I see it shaded a little bit. Not extremely, but a couple bucks are shaded six and a half. 
right, so numbers on this game split. The buckets are all on Philly. 62.5% bucket, 71% bucket, 50% bucket. Washington falls in one bucket. It's a 37% bucket. 62-38 EV for Philly there. Now, when Philly hosted Washington, they were 8.5-point favorites. I love Washington. You love Washington. We bet Washington for the clients. I have Washington in my contest. We won. So you flip home field. Well, Washington only gets one point at home. It's the worst home field outside of L.A. in the entire fucking NFL. So let's say three is fair. It should be Philly minus five and a half. At best, since not only did Washington cover, but they took them to overtime and almost fucking beat them straight up. So huge value here to the Skins, right? Nah, not really. Yes, yes. <laughs> the skin since this game, since that game, one and two, uh, losing by twenty points at home to the Bears, embarrassing themselves last week, like you said versus the Giants. They did get the one game in Atlanta, but you know Atlanta turned the ball over three fucking times, and the skill and the skins were still dominated statistically. And Atlanta had every single chance to come back and win that game, and they just didn't fucking do it. And then inside the first matchup versus Philly, I dug into that. So Philly dominated them, YPP. But they were terrible on third down, 4 for 12. Philly is the number two third down conversion team in the NFL. And Washington is average on defense at third down conversion stops. So that is something that will naturally correct itself in this game. So that's advantage to the Eagles. Also in that matchup, the Eagles had 11 penalties. The Eagles average just under five penalties per game, and they're the second least penalized team in the NFL. That's another stat that should regress to the mean, so another advantage Eagles. On the other side, Washington was eight for 17 on third down. First of all, they had 17 goddamn third downs. Holy fucking balls. But secondly, they converted just under 50% of them. For the season, they are the second to last team in that category, just under 30 fucking percent. Now, Philly's not great on third down defense, so Washington should be above their average, but not 20 points above their goddamn average. And I just referenced the first matchup on how good Washington was because we loved it in Philly, ATS in 2012. What home? It's 50-50. ATS margin, 0.11. So that's not a plus matchup advantage for them here. And my biggest handicap on that is really on this game is really this. The Skins are overall 27th DVOA, 27th in offense, 26th in defense. They average right at 20 points per game, which is right on the poverty line. And that is all with the 30th easiest schedule so far in the NFL. Their schedule going forward, and obviously starting with this game, is projected to be the fifth hardest in the league. They will only possibly be favored in one more game in the rest of the season. This thing is about to get Ugly in Washington. It's already kind of started to in the media up there. It's only going to make things worse for them. Ron Pussy Boat Rivera. Look, he probably doesn't get fired because the new ownership. Look, if I'm the new ownership, I probably secretly want things to go as bad as possible this year because they just took over. And why wouldn't you want it to go as bad as possible? They want a fucking clean house. They want to get fucking rid of him and Biennemi and this whole shit staff. But... Rivera still gets the cancer sympathy. So unless his team just totally fucking quits on him, there's no reason to, you know, they're not going to do that. And what and what is the fucking point, really, of getting rid of the staff on a team that's going nowhere? There is no point. It's just, you know, kind of makes you look bad. Magic don't like to look bad in the public. So they're going to let him last. 
on that part. But lastly, on here, you mentioned the home division dogs. So since 2012, home division dogs week 8 to 16. So second half part of the season and not counting the last couple of garbage weeks of the season where motivation could be or couldn't be, blah, 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 blah. 21 and 25 ATS with a negative 3 point ATS margin. That's with an average line of 7, which is basically where this is at. 6 and 42, straight up. So no matter what you do, do not put the skins in your money line round robin. It's fly, eagles, fly here for me. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, my God, they're off the bus. Oh, Dallas Cowboys. And they are. Home favorite, six and a half points over those L.A. I just beat your ass Rams. Yeah, there. this is another one that nothing really stands out situationally for me. Nothing really stands out on the, you know, new injury for either team. And they're kind of all built in and baked to, you know, baked to the cake at this point. The running back for the Rams, we know he's out. And, and we've, we've known what Dallas has been dealing with for several weeks now. But, you know, Pittsburgh dominated this bad offensive line for the for. LA last week and it's you know with the fact that they can't run the ball anymore with no running back it's you know Dallas has the pressure package and the pressure players to duplicate duplicate what the Steelers did um you know and the fact that Dallas is coming off with with fresh legs off the bye you know it just there's not a lot here uh, you know I, I wish uh, if they, if they would push this to 7 you could you could probably tempt me into you know uh you know, good, sprinkling a little bit on the Rams, but I have to, you know, very softly lean to Dallas here. Um, but I don't love it. I don't have a great feel on this one. Uh, maybe you got something over there about what Dallas does off of a bye or what teams do off a bye in this spot in general. But I just, eh, nothing feels right in this game. I just don't love it. What do you got? All right, so... Sorry, pull up the numbers here. I think they're split on this one, I believe. Yes. Split numbers. Buckets, though. Uh, on the Rams, 61% bucket. Dallas in a 36% bucket. So, big edge there for the Rams. Uh, Cows, after the bye. Home favorites, after the bye. 69, 81, and 7. It's the worst, second worst possible spot to be in after the bye. They're almost mm. all bad. Go Rams. Yeah. The Rams also fall into our... Is, so... It's a trend we were referencing in the second half of last year. It's 56% since 2015, but that Longhorn is with over 300 games in that sample size. So it is a huge trend, and it's hitting 56%. Now, if you cut it down to 2020, it's at 64%, so it's only getting stronger. And last week, I started tracking last week, it went 3-0. and oh. So big trend at... It's kind of complicated. It's pretty math-heavy trend, so it's not like, oh, on grass and on fucking noon on Sundays, but with three cleats on and not four. None of that bullshit. It's a very math-heavy trend. That's why it has so many games into it. It's also why it's so fucking effective. Uh, the There's three teams on it this week. The Rams are one of them. So we got the Cows in a bad spot after the bye at home. we got the Rams in the big trend favorite. you got the Rams in the bucket. And look, I know the Rams are three and four. That's not surprising to me. I had them going 8-9 and nine, uh, preseason and sneaking to the playoffs, which if you look around the standings in the NFC currently, somebody's definitely getting in with a losing record to the fucking playoffs yeah. this year. 
But they are a little bit better than their record. I don't want to oversell it. But they're 13th in DVOA, slightly better than average. They have a positive scoring margin, so better than average. And they're 7th ranked in DVOA on offense and 7th in EPA per play. And I think that's the key to this game. And more specifically, the Rams are 4th in offensive EPA rushing. Now, I heard you mention that they couldn't run last week. Well, even last week, they were 6th in EPA rushing on the week versus Pittsburgh. They ran the ball just fine from an efficiency standpoint. And that was against the 14th ranked rushing success rate defense in Pittsburgh. So they still did fairly well. Well, I mean, almost elite against, you know, a better than average defense. Dallas is 29th in defense EPA rushing success rate. They're terrible. So I expect to hate the Rams to have even better this week uh, rushing success rate than they did last week. Now, against the pass, Dallas has been excellent. They are sixth in drop pack success rate on defense, but that is not what the Rams rely on to score their points. So their best aspect as a defense for the Cowboys will be wasted at best and at worst compromised if they have to adjust to stop the run. And I'm still not sold on this defense overall. Look, they're number three in DVOA, and that's great. They play the 24th easiest schedule. They played one offense the entire season that are better than the Rams in DVOA so far. That was the 49ers. The 49ers put up fucking 40 on them. The next comparable team was the Chargers, who are slightly behind the Rams, but if you look at what the Chargers do best, and the Chargers only scored 17 points, but if you look at what the Chargers do best, it is drop back success rate, which is what the Cows defend the best. So you had strength on strength. The Chargers' offense was nullified. But the Chargers are 22nd in offensive rushing success rate. Again, that's what the Cows stink on. So it was bad on bad. So that literally didn't matter. So overall, the, ba- the Rams are just a bad matchup offensively for the Cows defense. Now on the other side of the ball, the Rams aren't really good on defense overall. So I do expect the Cowboys to have success offensively. But I think the key to it is this. What the Rams do well, what they do best, is they play man coverage, 10th most in the NFL, which is usually where the Cowboys do their best damage, but the Rams have the lowest completion percentage allowed versus man coverage in the entire NFL so far this year, 44.1%. The only defense the Cowboys have played that plays man coverage more than the Rams are the Chargers, and the Chargers held them to 20 points. And the Rams have only given up a touchdown at 2.2% on man coverage plays, which is the very best in the league. The only team the Cowboys have played that are in the top 10 of that stat was San Francisco. Again, they got their fucking doors blown off and couldn't score. And then there's the spot. Again, home field after the bye, 69, 81, and 7 since 2012. And specifically for this matchup, week eight or later, a road dog playing a team coming off a bye after losing straight up as a home favorite of two to four. So basically just... A middling favorite there. 8-4 and four ATS with a plus 9 ATS margin with an average line of 6. That's about where this is probably at. Maybe goes to 7. Maybe goes to 6. Somewhere around in there. 6-6 six and six straight up in those games winning by 3 points per game. I think the Rams are a great coin flip money line dog um, possibility here. And so for me, it's going to be the Rams are pass. Yeah. I, I Actually, I love all that. So I... I I agree. I, I concur. You you sold me over. Um, yeah, man. And I love it. I bet two two and one. Rams are two and one away 
on the road. They're only one and three at home. So for whatever reason, they're playing their best ball. On because the road. everybody comes to their stadium and blows their fans the fuck out because they don't fucking have any. That's true. That's true. Except for the except for the Chargers are not good away from their. They're stadium. not good anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to them. All right, moving on. Those my hammer dolphins. Woo! Coming off that ass whipping in Philly. Well, they're home now. They're hosting those New England Patriots, and they are. I will call it nine point home favorites. It's going down, huh? Well, still nine and a half at some books. So, I, where's it at in the con? Let me look and see where it's at in the contest. Yeah. So this. I love this. Nine situa- points in the contest. So let's just call it nine. This is a situational slam dunk spot for Miami to me. Miami always owns New England in the heat of South Beach, even when New England is good. And now you have Miami coming off a primetime terrible loss that everybody saw and watched. And New England coming off, I don't know, that their first win of the year. I couldn't really tell you that. <laughs> Every time I watch it, they fucking lose. felt like it. Yeah, so it's just, I mean... You know, nine points, that's a lot. And that's why it's probably getting nine and a half is a lot. That's probably why it's getting bet bet down. But to me, anything under 10, I'm taking Miami. It's in the heat. Situationally, they're going to get right here. They're going to be, I mean, they would Miami win by uh, seven? They won by seven at New England at night in prime time. So, you know, this is a probably a, I'm sure this is a noon, hot sun kickoff. Not yeah, just everything points to Miami. I'm I'm on Miami here as long as it stays under under ten. All right, uh, let's see. I believe the yeah the numbers are split on here, even though the power rankings still favor Miami because you know New England sucks that fucking bad. Uh, the buckets, Miami falls in no buckets. New England finds in one bucket. So I mean, it's New England a little bit of an edge there, but it's pretty negligible now. You're absolutely right. This is the fucking death spot for New England. So since the year 2000, mm. so all the ready years up to now, New England in Miami, 9 and 14, straight up. 8, 14 and 1, ATS. And that is with an average line of being favored by 4. And that is at any time during the season. So hot, cold, blah, blah, blah. I've heard all that bullshit. Don't matter. Anytime they're a loser's. Now, you make it week eight or later, which it is. Oh, it gets worse. Four nine straight up, three nine and one ATS with a negative six point ATS margin on an average line of minus five. Now, you take them anytime and make them a dog. Oh, one and six straight up, one and six ATS with a minus five ATS margin with an average line of plus four. Now, you make them a dog week eight or later. 0-2 straight up, 0-2 ATS with a negative 6 ATS <laughs> margin. And the only time they have been a dog since the year 2000 of 9 points or more. Longhorn, they lost by 20 straight up. So, right. my question is, who wants to put New England in the money line round robin? Any takers? I don't think so. Nah, me neither. It's Fencer Pass, baby. All right. All right. Move it on. Oh, it's those New York football giants versus those. Oh, they're still in New York. They play in the same stadium. It's the J-E-T-S. J-J-Jets. And? Oh, oh, sorry. The Giants are, uh, I guess, home dogs of three. I don't know. 
the Giants are home dogs, which means I get to hit the sounder, and I <laughs> am going to hit the sounder. That's a long- cheap sounder. And this is a caveat, okay? If Daniel Jones, and, and I want this documented, and I don't want to discount it against me next week or when we do the recap podcast on Monday. If Daniel Jones starts, this this is the sounder goes mute, okay? It doesn't count. So if Tyrod is playing, the sounder is alive and well, and if I lose it then, 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 it, then whatever. The Jets live off turnovers. The Jets' defense lives off turnovers, and if Tyrod is playing, what he does the best is not Turn over the ball. He's not going to beat you. He's not going to kill you, uh, and put you and put he your team. He will run in. the ball with four seconds left in the half and no timeouts, though. That you can technically call that a turnover, I guess. <laughs> but I bet you the Jets didn't score, or the opposing team did not score any points. No, off it of wasn't it. a turnover because the half just ended. So. Right. Yeah. So they got no points on. So yeah, it's this is real simple to me. And I hit the sounder on the Giants last week. And, and and I talked about that you have to look at these little signs of bad teams of when it's going to turn. And, you know, you got to make a decision like, is it was that just a little blip and they're going to go back to shit or is something turning in this team? Do you see something in them that's going to like put them on a little, you know, a little run here that you can kind of play out and ride this wave for as long as it might last? And to me, the Giants are a play on team. If Tyrod is playing and he doesn't turn the ball over, you're getting great value with the three points. Take the three points, of course. I like him to win straight out. And, you know, Wilson, Zach Wilson, like, I mean, is he a guy you feel comfortable laying three points? And it's not on the road, but but do you feel, feel comfortable, comfortable laying three laying, points with his mom? Period. Period. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll lay Even if she's on her period, I don't care. If, if, if Zach Wilson's mom is on her period, I will lay down anywhere with her at any time, and I don't care. <laughs> Anyways, I like, the, I like the Giants here. Oh, sorry. I got a sidetrack there. Um, so, the, okay, this is the numbers are agreement on the Jets. They've just been the better football team so far, uh, but the buckets are on the Giants, 55-45. It's all split here, man. Uh, the Jets are after the bye. I don't know how to fucking grade this. I'm, technically, they're away dogs, which is not a bad spot, but it's their same goddamn stadium. So, to, to me, really, it's more of a home dog, which is a terrible fucking spot to be in. So, and I I think that's a fair I, Okay, so they have to switch fucking logger. Who gives a shit? They're staying in their own fucking houses. They didn't fucking travel anywhere. To me, they're fucking home dogs. That's a terrible fucking spot. So, I... Because the data is so split, I have no interest, but I also like your handicap. I don't like anything about the Jets going forward. I think the Giants do have some fucking momentum, so yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not a data game. It's a it's a situational game and you know, uh, I mean I I've got yeah, no problem with people. You got, not no, you liking got no it, you got no argument. No, you got no argument for me. I don't it's not, it's not how, do you, I, how do you data how do you data a game when the quarterback situation for both teams has been all over the place. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a situational spot play, and I like getting the three points with the as long as you know Dipshit's not playing quarterback for the Giants. Yeah. Which I don't know. I don't. I don't. I haven't heard if he's if he if he's you know, officially going to come back or not yet. So that's up in the air. I mean, I think at this point, I don't think Dayball's going to rush to bring him back. I mean, why fucking? What? I mean, you're you're playing better with Tyrod Taylor in, like you said. It. All that team needs is the same with the Jets. They just need stability. If Zach Wilson doesn't turn the ball over, the Jets can go and play with anybody. And if the Johnson turn the ball over, I kind of feel the same way about them. So it's like, 
Yeah. We just need you mm-hmm. not to fuck up, really. And who do you trust more not to fuck up? Yeah, I'm, I have no argument with your pick mm-hmm. at all. Uh, I have no feeling in this game at all. So, yeah, that, I got I got nothing, so I'll end with you. All right. All right, moving on to those Tennessee Titans. And they are, mm-hmm. well, home dogs. Man, it's moving to three most places. So, I guess we'll... Yeah, man, it's like 2.8. Yeah. Yeah, it's 2.83, whatever. Home dogs to the hot Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, this is a, this is just another one that I love. So hit that sounder again. Tennessee, home dog, Vrabel, just everything lines up. And, yeah, I know they don't necessarily know who's playing quarterback, but, I, dude, it's just – they just win. This, this is just a game. They win, and fucking Ritter is so – Fucking bad. He is not a stu- I watched. I had Atlanta. I had Atlanta last week at Tampa. Hell of a call. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Until dipshit had two fumbles on the one yard line. Ritter is he's he's either the dumbest quarterback, and I would love to know what his wonderlick score was coming out because he just looks always confused, always like, huh? What? what? How did that like like he was running a ball in for a touchdown in Oh, I in, saw that replay. Jesus. He's Christ. just so nonchalant. Like, what are you doing? This is the fucking NFL. All you gotta do is reach the ball and he gets stripped from behind. He fumbles the snap on the other on the one yard line earlier in the game. He is so fucking bad. He will do whatever it takes to try to lose you a game. And they're playing a team that is well coached, button up. Highly focused, and the fact that they're going to be starting a quarterback that's not Tannehill, they're going to be extra motivated, extra focused, and play extra hard for that dude. Tennessee, they're really good at stopping the run. So, you know, Atlanta Atlanta will be stuffed in the run game. It's going to be Ritter winning the game. That dumbass quarterback back there trying to win this game. Mm-mm. And by the way, Atlanta, you cheat. You're a cheater, okay? You can't just fucking – you can't have all the money – that's that's on the line in these NFL games, and you're not going to put B. John Robinson on the injury report when he can't. He's out there kind of, but doesn't. He gets like one carry. Like, that's cheating, okay? You can't just do that. So, yeah, this, I, I hate Atlanta now. All right, well, the numbers are split on this one. The power rankings, though, do heavily lean to Tennessee, which I think is fair. The, num- the buckets are literally 50-50. So no advantage there. Now, you do have after the buy home dog on Tennessee, which is a, uh, they're all bad spots again. 21 yeah. and 28 and 1. It's not the best spot there, but I, you know, the Rabel thing, it does definitely hold a lot of water. Look, the only thing I'm really interested in this game, because I, I don't have a call on either way, I'm interested to see how Atlanta handles the success of winning – they did win. They won a tough road divisional game. They took sole possession of first place. Now, I hope they fucking fall in their face. Mm-hmm. But I have, you know, I don't really have a good fucking feel in this game. But I have, I know, I know one thing. I have zero, and I mean fucking zero interest in backing fucking Ritter on the road. He's not playing Miami of Ohio. So, no thank you to that. 
Yeah, there, there's only there's there's things we don't know in this game. Like if it's Will Levis that starts, obviously that's a huge unknown, and it's you don't want to you know you don't you just it's 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 one of my rules in the contest. I don't bet quarterbacks with injuries or quarterbacks that I don't know. So it's it's it won't be in my contest. However, there's one there's some things we do know in this in this game. We know that Vrabel will have his team ready. We know that Tennessee will be able to slow down and and um and force Ritter to beat them and we know Ritter sucks. So of the things that we We don't fucking know what the what the fuck like you said, what the fuck is going on with B. John Robinson? Well he was sick. He he was just sick. Which, you know, I mean He was sick. Well, he, who the fuck knows? You're right. So we, we don't but everything that we do know points to Tennessee for me. Um so I, I'm leaning that way and and taking those points. Bijan, you gotta get your ass out there and find that fucking dog. He was out there. He was he was literally out there. I in saw him on the sidelines. I was like, Yeah. What where why is he not? Where what why is the other guy out there? But he's he's the badass. Like why yeah. what is it? What's going on? Why does fucking Algiers have like twenty fucking carries? And don't you have to report illness? Like, I think you have to report illness. You're supposed to. Yeah. Cheaters. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin. Cheaters. <laughs> you know. All right, moving on. Oh, so Green Bay Packers. God damn, this line is all over the fucking place. Let's see. <laughs> Let's just go with the contest ruling on here because this is too much bullshit. Uh, what is the contest? Uh, pick them. Oh, you know what? Versus Let's- Minnesota. I don't like that. We're not going with the we're not going with the contest because I want to be able to hit the sounder. And you find me one that says Green Bay plus one, will you? Uh, FanDuel has them plus one and a half. Minus oh, FanDuel hit that <laughs> sounder! I knew we could get one. Oh God, it feels so good to have a home dog here. Yeah, this is a situational slam fucking dunk. I hate, I hate love so much. He is literally not a starting quarterback, but there are some things in this game that trump that because we look he's a backup he's a lifetime backup quarterback but guess what lifetime backup quarterbacks win games all the time in the nfl and usually when they win it is in a spot like this where they are uh number one at home and they're coming off a bad loss and the other team is coming in fucking punch drunk with their biggest win and I don't know, forever for Cousins. Like, they won a primetime game against San Francisco. On Monday on night. On Monday night. This is, you don't get a better situational spot than this. The way I handicap, this one's a slam dunk. You tell me what the numbers say over there. But, um, yeah, nobody wants Green Bay in this spot. Nobody is going to be going to bed on Green Bay. And that's when Daddy Longhorn's coming in and, and peeling off the rubber band and taking those Packers in this spot. This is, this... This is a Cousins meltdown, meltdown spot, and I will be all over Green Bay in this one. Yeah, I was interested to see what the money and ticket splits are because Minnesota opened as a dog, and now they have flipped to a favorite in a lot of books. Okay, let's see what they are at. It is Minnesota. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I hadn't even looked at that. Minnesota getting 61% of the tickets. Green Bay getting 86% of the cash. This is slam dunk, baby. Sweet. Fucking love it. So my handicap on this game, I'm glad she went that way because this is the second game of the week where I was just like completely torn because look, the data, the data says that um, the the numbers are split here. The buckets, there's Minnesota falls into one bucket, Green Bay into no bucket, but Minnesota does fall into a heavy, heavy bucket. So it is a heavy bucket lane for Minnesota. Uh, 
Look, I know I'm supposed to be on Minnesota here. <laughs> but again, this is the other team. It's, it's so obvious to me that it makes me think that it's fucking wrong. You got Kirk Cousins at noon. All right? This is when you're supposed to play on him. If you've got reasons to play on him, I've got reasons to play on him for sure. You better do it then. But, <laughs> dude, they just won in the spot. I mean, like, of the spot of spots where you are supposed to fade Kirk Cousins with all of your might on Monday night versus a team that's going to end up with a winning record. Look, I've documented on this podcast many, many times what Kirk Cousins does. He basically wins 20%. I don't know what his current I mean, I know what his current record is for last season, but going forward, if you take his entire career when the season is over and you grade his games straight up, not ATS, straight up versus teams with a winning record, he has won 20% of his games with teams that end with a winning record. So you had a team in San Francisco, which I don't give a fuck if if California falls into the ocean tomorrow. San Francisco is still going to end up with a fucking winning record. So, and he beat him. He never does that. In primetime, Kirk Cousins almost never wins in primetime. And on Monday night, he literally almost <laughs> never fucking wins. You had the trifecta of fade Kirk Cousins. But yet something told me last week. I um, dude, I was I was a cunt hair away of putting San Francisco in the contest. They were minus six and a half. A cunt hair. And I would have taken out one of my winners and I would have went two and three instead of three and two. But something told me. Ah, oh, this doesn't just doesn't quite feel right. And I am the biggest Kirk Cousins fader in the fucking world or bet honor in the in this type of situation. I just follow the Kirk Cousins rules. That's, That's just what I do. Word. Probably not. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I just follow the Kirk Cousins rules. But again, mm-hmm. he just won the most un Kirk Cousin game of all fucking time. This is the most Kirk Cousin winning game of all time. It's at noon. It's playing a team that will not end up with a winning record. I can guarantee if fucking Wisconsin falls in whatever fucking lake they're connected to, it wouldn't matter. The fucking Green Bay is not going to fucking end up with a winning record. They suck balls. Love sucks balls. Like, no. There's no fucking chance that Kirk Cousins should not go out and just win this game. There's no chance. Like, this is just the most Kirk Cousin game of Kirk Cousin games. He's going to beat a bad team. At noon, it's just what he fucking does. But something about this game just tells me, like, ah, it gives me pause. Like, ah, I, I don't know, something, something is there. And here's what I will find. I, I, I dug this out. And I know it's very obscure. And you will not hear, here's, what I, here's my best bet for this game. You will not hear this trend on any other podcast anywhere in the world. So just remember that if it hits. Since 2012, week eight, or later, home division dogs of two or less with a losing record versus another team with a losing record. 7-2-1 ATS with a plus 4.25 ATS margin and 6-4 and straight up. So I can guarantee you, you will not hear that trend anywhere else, which means it, if, you, if Green Bay wins and my buddy's riding and hits the sounder, remember that. Remember, we gave it to you here. But yeah, everything in the world says you got a belt. Bet Cousins, and I can't do it. I, I cannot do it. So I remember saying either last week or on Monday or whatever. The, like, I remember saying I was 1-0 this year 
going against them, you know, either, you know, trend on noon or trend on primetime. I was just looking at the Minnesota schedule and, uh, you like, it's about 50-50, you know, like he lost week one against Tampa at noon. So, and, and he lost in week three against the Chargers at noon. Um, so, so he's, <laughs> this year, he's not, it's not a slam dunk on or off that noon or prime time. Um, so historically it's been a slam dunk this year. It's, it's, it's kind of been coin flip. Yeah. He's been waffling so far. I'll be willing to bet by the time we get to week 18, everything will fall into line where it's supposed to be. Probably but so. Again, like you said, he just won the most uncurt cousin game. The, right. the, the only other game that I, that, that can rival that mm-hmm. game that he won. I remember this very distinctly. It was a Sunday night game. Uh, when he was with the Redskins, and it was the year they won the division, I think 2017 or so, and they were playing the Green Bay Packers. It was Sunday night football, and it turned into a shootout with Aaron Rodgers, and he beat Aaron Rodgers in a shootout like fucking like 40 to like 38, and he literally played the game of his goddamn life. He could not fucking miss and that was like the only other time i've seen him beat in which the green bay Packers went on obviously to do well that season when the division blah 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 so that that was the only other time that i could think of that like i saw that out of him beat a good team in a primetime position that is going to be a good team no matter what so it was crazy it was fucking crazy all right all right moving on uh we got those seattle seahawks Oh, three and a half point home favorites over those Cleveland Browns. Yep, and this one here is the Danger Zone game of the week. All right, this one is, uh, you know what, I'll be honest with you, this one's kind of dangerous both ways. Um, I don't. But but three and a half points. I've got to lean to Cleveland there. Um, you know, there, there's chaos with the quarterback situation. I, what did, didn't I make? Wasn't Indy? Yeah, Indy and Cleveland was a danger zone uh, game for me last week. So yeah. that's two two weeks in a go. Cleveland's been the danger zone, and for good reason. They're because dangerous. They are dangerous because they got a really good uh, roster and a very chaotic quarterback situation so it's it's hard you know kind of which way that thing is going to go um but getting three and a half against an also chaotic quarterback at times in Geno, it's i have to take the points there um you know this it's just it's just a lean it's not like a slam dunk or anything but um i don't know how i hope that you're i hope that you're going to say that the value with uh, with all the numbers is on Cleveland because I just really don't see any other way to to do this game with that defense coming off kind of getting embarrassed against Indianapolis. Now, kind of. Well, it, I say kind of. Now that all the numbers are going to say is embarrassing, but when you watch the game, there was some kind of I'm not not fluky. Fluky is the wrong word, but like you know things like Pittman catching a ball and kind of just bouncing 
you know, not luckily through, but just kind of getting those right little bounces to where he springs free for an 80 yard or whatever it was. So there, there are some things that aren't just going to happen every week to that Cleveland defense, and uh, with with the pass rush that's coming from the Cleveland Browns and the secondary that they have that's normally locked down and playing tight. Yeah, I don't know how you don't take the three and a half points here. Although I will say it is dangerous because it's, um, you know, it's Cleveland and it's Seattle, so it's very dangerous. All right. Well, I'm trying to find this one here. Okay, found it. So. The I'll address the quarterback situation first. Here's why I don't think it's chaotic this week, where it was last week. Watson's out. They know he's out. So the last time they knew he was out, that was the San Fran game. It was Walker, Texas Ranger. They were prepared to play Walker, Walker, Texas Ranger. They went out there and played a hell of a game and won a football game over a team that's clearly better than them, but they fucking pulled it out. Last week, yeah, Watson starts. He goes out, is his head, his shoulder, we don't fucking know. Walker, Texas Ranger comes in. It's fucking chaos and, you know, madness fucking ensues. And I'll get to the indie offense in a second and why they were able to be so successful because it's something I should have seen and I didn't, so it's my bad. But now that I've seen it and I've kind of compiled this data, I kind of understand it going forward and what where Cleveland's going to be the best at going forward. Now, the numbers are on agreement in Seattle. However, the buckets are heavy, heavy, heavy on Cleveland, 64-36 overall. So, Dangerous. Cleveland on that. So, definitely split. Inside the game, here's what I have. Seattle has had the easiest schedule so far in the NFL. I mean, the easiest. number. They played 32. Arizona last week, sir. Let's give them respect. <laughs> the Browns have had the third hardest schedule. Now, the Browns have lost their best offensive player, which is not their quarterback, and they've lost their starting quarterback for periods of the season. And yet, both of these teams have the same record. They're right around the same point differential. Seattle's ninth in DVOA, and Cleveland's 11th. So you basically say they're even teams. That's without even counting the fucking schedule. But one of them is getting three, and home field Seattle is two. So you're telling me Seattle's a point better than the Browns. I don't fucking think so. I don't believe that at all. In fact, with the strength of Seattle consideration, if you do the math, the Browns are actually one point better than Seattle. That means this line should be two. So and we're getting three and a half. So inside of all of that, other than that value, the matchup specifically, Geno Smith, since he's been in Seattle, has performed very well against zone coverage. 98.8 rating, but versus man, only 73 rating. And you kind of see that with the fall off of the Tyler Lockett, you know, how badass he was with Russell Wilson, not so much versus Geno Smith. You know, that's kind of why that's happened. But, in fact, his completion percentage versus man, Longhorn so far this year, 49.3%. It's 80.7 versus zone. So if you look back at last week, this is what I was referencing. The Colts rating versus man, 90.1, 76.3 versus zone. And that's where I missed on that handicap because my handicap was Cleveland's defense versus the Colts' offense. Cleveland plays 54% of the time in man coverage, not the most of any team in the NFL. Their rating allowed in man coverage is 68.5. So last week was just a bad matchup for them versus the Colts. This week is a great fucking matchup for Seattle. 
In fact, Seattle's two biggest out points or point out points of the season were versus Detroit and Carolina. They scored 37 points in both games. What do those two teams have in common? They are both bottom third in the league in man covers. They play at 37% of the time. The teams they've struggled to score against, the Rams and Cincy, 13 points in both games. Those two teams are right behind Cleveland at 10th and 11th in man coverage, and both just above 50%. And Cleveland's offense is, is not that efficient, but they do score points. They only two point they only two games they scored less than 20 was in DTR's first and probably only NFL start versus a really good Baltimore defense, and they scored three points. That was a disaster. And the other game was against San Francisco in quite a bit of weather, and that's a really good defense, and they scored 19. Well, the total in this game, Lahorn, is 39.5. So Cleveland will do their thing. They'll score 20-22 to probably, and they're going to win this game straight up. And one last thing on this one. Sounder. Yeah, since 2012, home favorites. A four or less week eight and on with a 60% or better winning percentage versus opponent, same 60% or better. Five and nine ATS, negative two point ATS margin, seven to seven straight up. So I think a really good coin flip here again for your money line, money line round robin dog in Cleveland. I like Cleveland to go and win this game. Yeah, they're a great round robin team. All right, moving on. We've got. Oh, those Denver Broncos. Woo, there's been a lot of money coming in on these boys in this game. They are mm-hmm. down to a seven-point home dog to the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, my God. I'm glad I locked them in at eight and a half. Yeah, this is a – Denver's just a play-on team for me right now. Um, again, like I, like I said with the Giants, I noticed it a couple weeks ago with Denver uh, against Kansas City, actually. Their defense, that was the first time they showed – life and fight on defense and it's starting to come around for denver here um obviously casey's a way better team than them but you got the home division dog here um let's see what else did i I mean it's just a spot it's just a spot i know that casey i know the casey kind of usually this is usually a close game and at the end usually kansas city figures out a way to just stick a knife in them and get that cover um, so I don't know what the history between these two teams are as far as the spread goes. I just know with, you know, years and years and years of watching this game, I'm always on Denver in this game. I always am. And I, and if I feel like most of the time I walk away with a, with a losing ticket because Mahomes just sticks it in my ass at the end. Yeah, we beat them both times last year. Okay. Well, then I, maybe it's just because it's just so hard to get there. I don't know. I just, uh, but yeah, I, I love Denver. I love that, uh, that. I got them before this line dropped. What is it? Seven in the contest? Seven in the fucking contest. Oh, fuck you, you and your you cunt bass and whatever. We all got to play the same number. So, yeah, I love Denver here. Yeah. So, the numbers here, I believe, are. Yeah, they're split on Denver. Now, the buckets really fucking let me down here. Mm-hmm. It's 64 36, Kansas City. And I was already getting ready to put Denver in my contest plays. I already circled it. That's fucking in. I'm still considering it, even though they will be the square dog of the week. And that did not work out for me fucking last week on San Diego. (laughs) But the spot, you said the spot, the spot, the spot. Before the bye, home dog. I mean, 42, 27, and 1. Like, 
That's uh, every game, no matter the matchup, like just crushing 66%. Now, if you want to add on to that, home dogs for the bye, seven or more in division since 2012. Well, there's only been two of them. 2-0 ATS, but with a plus 9 ATS margin on an average line of 9. And the Chiefs specifically are 4-5 and five ATS on the road as division favorites since the since the 2020 season, which we've kind of – it's a different line of demarcation with them because, uh, you know, before that, before they won the Super Bowl, Andy Reid was kind of out to prove a point. Patrick Mahomes was brand new. Nobody kind of knew how they were, blah, 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 blah. And they just, I mean, what, dude, do you remember when they went that season, ATS, like 14 and three? Like it was something stupid yeah. in 2009. Like, no, Vegas could not catch up to them. They just couldn't. So I've, I've just cut that out of the data because it's just one of those seasons is like, okay, that's not real. So let's see how they do going forward. And going forward after that, very mediocre, as we've uh, said many times in this podcast, during the regular season. ATS, not obviously as a team, but ATS. So four and five since 2020 on the road as division faves, and specifically versus Denver since 2020, one and two ATS in Denver. And since 2013, division dogs seven or more the week before the bye, eight and one ATS with a plus 9.78 ATS margin. Again, the spot absolutely fucking screams Denver. The fact that this shit opened at nine. It's down to seven. Tells you every bit of fucking sharp money has already coming on Denver. Oh, look, I don't love fucking getting it at seven in the contest, to be honest. Like, that's that's the only thing still that's might push me off of it. But I had this game circled. I wanted this game. I wanted this game. I wanted this game. Especially when I saw it open at nine, I was like, please, sweet baby Jesus. Let it be at least eight by fucking Wednesday when we get our contest lines. Ah, it didn't fucking happen. That that's the only thing I'm sick about. But if it thing. go if it goes back up to seven and a half or eight, then yeah, yeah, live live money. I'm not yeah. arguing with you, but in the contest, I'm like fuck. Yeah, but me. Uh, but that's what I'm saying is if it if I mean if you like Denver and it goes back up to seven and a half and eight, then that'll keep people off of it. And then you know if you don't mind taking Denver at seven, which I know, don't. I I think if it I was at seven keep, and a half I or think, eight. In the contest, everybody would be on it, is what I'm saying. And no, the yeah, fact yeah, that, yeah, you're right. You're so right. what I'm saying is if it goes back to 7 8 live and it's 7 in the contest, that'll keep people off of it to where it might not be as square of a dog pick as it would have been. That's very true. I don't think that's going to happen. Too much yeah. money. Has, I mean, you can tell me what the money and tickets are, but I know for a five. I mean, it, I know that it opened at 9. I know it's down at 7. There has to be a shit ton of money that's come in on Denver. Um... Why can't they just put these fucking things in order? Um, sixty-three percent cash on Denver. Yeah. So, it's it's got that. I mean, yeah, it's got it's. And what you have to remember too, boys and girls, is like all money is not created equal. You know, um, in the NFL and really in college, even more especially when limits are really low uh, at the beginning of the week, when you see that heavy cash flow coming on one side, that is the sharpest of sharp fucking money coming in so that that that's one thing you have to eat even with all the online and all the bullshit that's made the market a lot more liquid than it used to be so it's a little bit less untrustworthy especially in nfl these days as we've seen uh longhorn with these contest lines you know usually if you're chasing this fucking value i mean 
How many times have we seen? I mean, almost always you lose. Almost yeah. always. If it's a big, if it's a big line chase, it's not here. It's not going to work out great for you. So at this point, being at seven, I don't know if I don't know if enough money pours in to get it under seven. But if it does, then yes, obviously Denver is going to be the squarest of square fucking dogs in the contest. But I can, I cannot lay the seven, so it doesn't matter. I can't do yeah. it the other way. All right, all right, moving on. Oh, San Francisco 49ers. Well, they've got a little bit of uh, injury news. Brock Purdy is in the concussion protocol. I wrote my entire handicap uh, before that got announced, so yeah. I'll have to edit a little bit, but they are three-and-a-half point currently home favorites versus those Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, mine's completely trash, too, um, you know, but, but I will say I liked Cincy leaning to those points before the fact that it's still at three and a half over the field goal i'm gonna i'm still gonna lean to cincinnati here um yeah i don't know i don't I, I can't play i can't play a quarterback i've never seen play for this team in a regular season and it is it is joe burrow and, and i guess it's coming off a bye so there's there is that and the fact that San has lost two games in a row so it is a smash spot for San Fran in that factor. So it's not something I'm going to like necessarily be running to play or anything, but I do love three and a half and I don't like playing a team that has a new starting quarterback necessarily. So what do you got? All right. So the numbers are in agreement on San Francisco. They were in agreement on San Francisco at five and a half. They're definitely going to be agreed at three and a half. Cincinnati is a trash ass fucking team. Uh, San Francisco before the ball, home favorites, 82 and 55. So, fantastic fucking spot for them. Uh, Cincy, after the byway dog, it's not as bad a spot. It's closer to 50 50. So, about the best spot you could be in. But still, spot advantage for San Francisco, like you said, coming off two losses. Look, this is just the get right spot for San Francisco. They're too good a team to lose fucking three games in a row. Now, this part you had to remember is with the five and a half, but Dallas is catching four and a half in the same spot. So all things being equal, if you think that Dallas is only one point better than Cincinnati, you're high as fuck. But it's not necessarily the same spot because they're missing. I mean, they're missing. Isn't? I mean, I don't know. They're I mean, missing, they're missing Debo Samuel. Basically, they're missing Debo and I guess I guess McCaffrey's back, but he didn't he didn't look right last week. He scored two touchdowns. He was fine. All right. Well, they 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 weren't going to be able to run the ball like that wasn't going to be their thing anyway. But I mean, he caught it. They were going to run the ball on on Minnesota. No, not really. And they right. and he was out there running routes. He caught a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. Like he might not be a hundred percent. He's good enough. Trent Williams should be back. Yeah, they're missing Debo. Is he going to be back? Yeah, I believe he is going to be back. Okay. Now, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm stay away from game for me. I, I, I need to watch this game and see what's going on with both these teams, really. No, I love San Francisco. Um, look, last year Burrow showed everybody if you play man against him, you're dead. He was fourth highest rating versus man coverage in the NFL. Now, so far this year, he stinks versus every coverage, but we know what his tendencies are at this point. Well, San Francisco plays the fourth least man coverage in the NFL. What else does Burrow do the best? He beats the Blitz. We know that. 
He fucking he's got the least time in pocket is two point one four seconds of any quarterback in the NFL. So the blitz does not bother him at all. He beats it every time. Just he'll tear you the fuck up. Well, San Francisco only blitz only blitzes twenty three percent of the time. Bottom seven rate in the league. So defensively, this is a nightmare matchup for Cincinnati's offense. And Sam Darnold. So look, I'm fine with Sam Darnold. Brock Purdy is not special, people. He's not. He's had the fourth most turnover-worthy throw since he started last year as a full-time starter. He was almost undrafted for a reason. I watched this kid play for four years at Iowa State. I'm not saying that he wasn't undervalued, but I am saying he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, no matter what his QBR might suggest. If Sam Darnold can just keep his confidence up and his dumb fucking face looking in the right direction... San Francisco will be just fucking fine. They'll be just fucking be fine. fine. I think Darnold, it, yeah, it's it, Purdy's not. It's just a good situational spot, exactly. And but the the only thing that I'm worried about is we haven't seen Darnold in this situational perfect spot. He should be fine. We saw it in the preseason, but you know it's that's preseason. That's, I, but so I haven't seen it. I think he'll be just fine, and this will be a perfect system for him to to thrive. In, but I just haven't seen it yet. I think two points is ludicrous, literally ludicrous, from the last pick of the entire draft to a top five pick who has shown he at least has the ability and has the gumption to fucking put in the work to stick around this league. I mean, dude, this dude beat out Trey Lance, the guy that they fucking traded two drafts worth of fucking picks. They said, no, thank you anymore, Trey Lance. We'll ship you off for a bag of fucking footballs. We're going to keep this dumb face fuck that two teams have passed on now over you. And there's a reason for that. Because Sam Darnold, in the right situation, is a competent quarterback. He just fucking is. Now, would I rather have Purdy in the playoffs than Sam Darnold? Absolutely. Because Darnold is a mental midget, just like your boy Herbert in big situations. And Brock has the balls of solid fucking granite. Now, he's not very special again, but goddammit, give me that kid with his big balls in a fucking big moment over fucking Sam Donald. Guaranteed. But this is not that big a fucking moment. They gotta have this game. Yeah. This is what pisses me off. This is what pisses me off about this game. This is gonna be my numbers geek pick of the week. I can't do it anymore because the number's not there. We only got to use this trend one fucking time last year and it hit but i'm gonna go ahead and say it anyway because maybe we'll get to use it later but or or if the number ticks up to four that's the key so this is the trend it's not the official numbers geek pick of the week because it, as the number stands right now it's not four so that's not fair to me to give it out but if you are home before the, and this is all time since football was invented no not really since 1989 so if you're home before the bye and you're favored by more than four and you weren't the dog, road, you were not a road dog the week before. So in other words, you're good enough to be favored on the road. But also, you're not undefeated on the season. These teams are 44 and 10 ATS since 1989 in this situation with a humongous fucking margin. This is the trend of all fucking trends, and I thought that I was going to get to fucking use it. 
but now I'm not. But anyway, it's still time for the 49ers to get right. Oh, and the buckets. Yeah, the buckets. Um, Fifty-nine to forty-one EV on San Francisco. Yeah, I'm all over San Francisco here. They're yeah. they're definitely going to be in my contest. I can promise I'm you convinced. that. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. I'll change my lean to to San Fran. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see. What we got? Oh, oh well, we saved saved almost the best for last. We got Arizona. Those Cardinals, they are eight and a half point home dogs versus those Baltimore Ravens. The best for last, my ass. We got three games fucking left in this giant fucking slate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I said uh, almost the best. Fucking hell. All right, let's make this one quick. Uh, I love, like I've talked about trying to catch the waves. I love on it, these, I bet. <laughs> trying to catch the waves on these teams, the good waves and the bad waves. And in this situation, I've got two teams that are on. What I perceive to be a wave, and I think what most people perceive to be a wave, Baltimore on a good wave, Arizona on a bad wave. I've been riding against Arizona. I've been riding on Baltimore. I've got no reason to switch this here. Uh, Literally have no reason. There's no reason for me to play Arizona here. So I am going to take Baltimore. I'm going to lay the points. They're in a perfect tease spot. Take them in the tease. And uh, hold on, check that. I mean. Yeah, they're good. Eight and a half. Mm, no, I don't. That's that's against. I don't. I don't tease road favorites. So check that. I don't. I don't, I tease road dogs, and I tease um, road and home dogs and favorites, but not road favorites. So he doesn't tease road whores, but he teases home whores. I don't say that again. Yeah, but you you nailed it. You, <laughs> you, you, you pretty much. I'll, I don't. I don't like teasing road favorites down through the seven and, and the three. I'll tease road dogs up past, and I'll tease the home favorites down and the home dogs up, but not the home – whatever. You just it's, it's not a smash spot for Baltimore and tease, but I am laying the points, and, um, yeah, no reason not to, so give me Baltimore. All right, so the numbers on this one fuck is this game at oh yeah this is fucking it's a no call uh there's one one bucket for arizona no buckets for baltimore so slight lean to arizona there look this is the classic buy low and sell high spot the issue here though is figuring out is this the bottom of the market with arizona they were catching 11 at home versus dallas and more recently three points at home versus cincy that would put baltimore five points better than cincy and three points worth of Dallas, worse than Dallas. I don't think either one of those is true. No. Now, if you look at the summer line on this, it was Baltimore minus six and a half. So basically, two points adjusted between the two teams. I think that's fair, honestly. Arizona was projected to win four games. They're still on current pace to win right around there. So no adjustment there. Now, Baltimore had an overrunner of nine. They're projected to win 11. That is worth two points. So. I think it's fair. Honestly, I don't know that we're getting the bottom of the barrel on Arizona yet. And if we're not scraping the bottom of the market, I don't want any part of fucking Arizona. So it's probably just a pass for me on this one. All right. All right, moving on. We've got, oh, it's your (laughs) San Diego Superchargers. They are eight and a half point favorites. What? Over those Chicago Bears. Look, look. Here's the deal. I I did not want to do this, and I I seriously tried to look for reasons not to do this, but I 
everything just told me why are you fighting this like this is the big dick pick of the week i'm gonna pop off a piece of my dick big floppy donkey dick is that your fucking dick with my dick nice big cock i'm gonna put my dick in again i i cannot like you i'm trying to find these spots where you're riding these waves what is the reason to get off the bad wave right now for the Chargers? They're broken. This is a broken team, and you can try to like find a little, you know, they're eight and a half point favorites. Of course, this is a, a this is a game they should win. But the but the Bears, they've got um they they've got a little something going here, and, it, and it's not just from the quarterback. Like you know, Fields had a couple of games there where he was playing good, and over the last month, the last four games for both these teams. Chicago is plus 29 in point differential, and the Chargers are minus 6. So there's something going on with these two teams, and 8.5 points is just way fucking too much. This is a uh, a game that, you know, the Bears the Bears can win this game. Bottom line, I hated not I hate to have to do this because the Bears do suck, but this is absolutely a fucking game that the Bears could go and win or lose by 20, and, but I've got no reason to... to so I think the Chargers can beat anybody by 20 right now. So I'm going to lean the other way. Take the eight and a half points, of course, with the Bears. I think this is coming down at the end. A field goal either way. Um, so and, and I'm calling my shot because I'll be so fucking mad, Bocevas, if we're on Monday and the Bears stole this this game and Herbert and that offense looked like trash again and the head coach for the Chargers made another bonehead decision. I'll be so fucking mad if I came in here and the Bears won by one point and I didn't hit the big dick. So, yeah, I'm calling a shot. All right. Well, the numbers agree with you on Chicago. Of course, there's way too many points for a shit-ass team for the charge <laughs> to be laying. Now, here's what pisses me off. Of course, a fucking course, the Chargers would waste our two best buckets. We've only had one team <laughs> fall into these so far this year. It was Jacksonville in a smash spot. And... They fall into the 85 and 87.5% cover buckets. But they also fall into a 33% bucket. And Chicago falls into a 63, 63, 64, and 42% bucket. Grade it all out, and you get 53, 47 charters. That's barely any EV fucking at all. Look, the Chargers ran into a tough schedule. And they aren't good anyway, so they weren't good enough to handle it. But this is easily the worst team they've played by a million miles. And Chicago has been this bad with the 28th easiest schedule. So they're even worse than we all think that they are. Now, I know nobody wants any pack, any part of backing the Chargers as big favorites, and that's why this line continues to tick down. The contrarian play would definitely be to take the Chargers in the contest. But... I'm having trouble even putting them in my survivor this week, yeah, which is exactly ridiculous because that's this is the week say. that I had circled for this stupid team to be. I was like, "This surely this is the one game they can't fuck up. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm at with this fucking team, man. So if I was going to play, if I was going to play this game in the contest, the Chargers would be the only way I'd play it. And that is simply to be contrarian because I know, I know, Chicago is going to be a top 10 team. They're going to be a fucking square dog for sure. And I'm not saying they're wrong. The data says, at least the numbers say, that's right. 
But if I was going to play the contest, it would be the Chargers. If I had to put my money on it, yeah, of course it's fucking Chicago. Oh, man. I hope everybody has the Chargers in the Survivor on Sunday night. I hope everybody does. Uh, Don't you put that evil on me, <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Don't oh, you I'll fuck. ask you. I'll ask you on Sunday what your Survivor pick is. and Mine won't be the Chargers. I think you already lost on them. No, I didn't. Oh, I thought you did. Denver. Oh, that's right. They, they couldn't beat Washington, remember, at home. Oh, yeah. It's too hard. Too tough. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, it's Monday Night Football. Oh, it's your Detroit Lions. And they are eight and a half point home favorites over those Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, that's so fucking gross. That is so gross. Hey, take Detroit as your survivor. That's that's probably a better way to go. I uh, already took them. Oh, well, look at you. Already <laughs> way ahead of the game. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, it's kind of gross to lay all these points with Detroit. It's kind of a mindset thing. Like, is Detroit the type of team that's going to bounce back after a blowout and blow somebody out? Yeah, probably. Uh, but I like it. I, I think it's safer on the tees down. This is in the in this perfect tease spot, yeah, home that. favorite. So, you know, I don't know that I trust Detroit yet to um, be one of those teams that just snaps right back and, oh, yeah, we're going to go back and score, you know, 30-plus points um, after coming off getting shut out or whatever that was last week. So I'm going to lean to Detroit. I'm going to love them in a tease, and I'm also going to do a same-game parlay video for you guys this weekend and uh, see if we can uh, get a big payout. Well, hell yeah. All right, the numbers on this one are on Las Vegas. The buckets on this one are on Las Vegas, 56 to 44. Uh, but Detroit, before the ball, home favorite, 82, 55, and 2. So big fucking advantage in the spot there. But Las Vegas is also one of the three teams on our big trends. Um so just another really conflicting day game this week from a data standpoint. But what's not conflicting, Longhorn, you talk about bouncing back and all that kind of stuff, is how good the Lions have been ATS at home since the start of last year. Uh, they're 9-3, covering by a staggering 7.5 points mm. per game. And as a favorite, 5-2, and two, covering by 9 points per Per game. And the, cra- and the craziest thing, in the two games they didn't cover, they lost straight up. So mm. that could that cuts severely into that margin, and it's still nine. So basically, they either lose straight up, or they blow these teams the fuck out. Now, they mm. did lose straight up to Seattle, but Seattle's ninth in DVOA. Other than that, they have blown out the Panthers, who are dead-ass last, and Atlanta, who's 24th. Well, the Raiders are fucking 30th, so it's Detroit or pass for me, because all the and because all the data is on Las Vegas, it's probably a pass. Again, I don't like playing against negative fucking EV situations, but yeah, I love the fucking tease down. If I, if gun to my head, if you made me fucking pick a side, I would lay them for sure, all of the points, but I love the fucking uh, the, uh, teaser there. All right. All right, boys and girls, that was all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby.
boys and girls, it's time you all been waiting for. It's time for those free SF3 picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. Yeah, and before I get to the official free pick, I'm kind of, kind of, uh, by the way, the parlay that both of us, little pizza money parlays that we both gave out last week, I mentioned it at the top. They both hit. So let's just do it again and give everybody all the money once again. I'm building together a combination of the Sounders and uh, and one that you really convinced me on is the Danger Zone pick, Cleveland Browns, but you really sold me on it. And uh, I'm building that together. It is the Giants money line, Tennessee money line, Cleveland money line. And here's the kicker. I'm backing it up with the Sunday night game, Chicago Bears on the money line. This pays out 50 to 1. And, the, and, and this is the NFL. And here's the great part. You hit the Giants, Tennessee, and Cleveland. You have a massive, massive hedge out possibility. Um, I love this one. Let's do it. And why don't you get to your free pick, and then I'm going to pick an actual official one-game free pick in a second. Yeah, I love that. I actually have uh, Cleveland and the Giants in a round robin already. Along go. with the Rams. Um, all right, so free pick, college free, college free pick. That's going to be Boise State minus five versus Wyoming. Look, it's been a very disappointing season for Boise. They've had some really hard luck on some of these losses. And on top of that, their quarterback, man, it just hasn't worked out with their offense. They've tried to install. But this is going to be, has to be the cheapest we're ever going to get Boise. They're coming off the bye week. They're at home versus the Wyoming team. That look, man, they won us some money this year, but it's all been in Laramie. And look, in Laramie, weird shit happens. That's just one of those things. That's where we bet Wyoming is at home. This is on the road. Their offense is fucking beyond poverty. And hopefully, Boise State coaching staff has made some adjustments, you know, for their stretch run to get bowl eligible with this uh, quarterback and get some momentum rolling into the bowl season and into next year. And normally this is the type of game I would suggest not even watching, but Longhorn, you'll be of special interest to this. Boise State is a running back that is literally fucking NFL special. His name is Sean Genty. This kid would be starting at almost every major program in the country. He is absolutely worth the fucking price of admission. He will play on Sundays. I can guarantee you that. So if nothing else... Check him out as he runs for 180 yards and a couple of touchdowns versus the Cowboys on Saturdays. And go fucking Broncos, baby. Cover those five. And real quick, my pizza money parlay for the week. Oh, it's nasty, but we're going to do it. Michigan State, plus 220. Arkansas State, plus 110. And Kentucky, plus 155. That pays you 16 to 1. Now, Michigan State, it's been no secret on this podcast. I've hated them all year. I gave you under five and a half wins for them in the preseason. That is going to hit 100%. So we're mm-hmm. going to win that one. Uh, but this is the spot, man. They got to go to, they got to win a fucking game. They have to win a fucking game. They're going to a hapless Minnesota team. They're catching seven points. Minnesota's not seven points better than the fucking air. This has got to be their spot. Arkansas State's caught fire since they put this new quarterback in. They're a short dog at a plus 110. And Kentucky's at home as dogs versus a Tennessee team whose season's dead. Uh, We played against them a couple weeks ago in the same kind of situation, except Tennessee was at home. Now they're on the road. Kentucky fucking wants, needs, has to have this fucking game. Like, they got to have it. So I love this parlay, 16-1 to on the pizza money 
College football parlay. Yep, and my free pick is going to be Miami minus nine NFL free pick of the week. Miami minus nine. All right, Longhorn, tell me about that fabulous website one more time. All right, that wraps up award-winning episode number 162. All right, listen, guys, you know, we've been on fire the numbers are growing. Keep spreading it around out there. I just we're just we're just killing it. Like we're in a zone right now. We're gonna keep this going. I feel like we got a good system going, and we're just gonna keep stacking up the wins. Go to the website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and check out all the things going on over there. We got college tabs. We got NFL tabs. We got combo tabs. Our prices are listed at affordable for a reason we do this on purpose we're in these trenches with you we're not trying to break you we're not trying to make you know make you climb out of a hole after buying our package for a month until you get into the positive ev we are in it to win with you so do that over there be sure and subscribe and share the podcast the football glory hole podcast you get more free picks and information on here and on here only you got to do them all to get the best uh, the best chance to win at uh, possible. And if you do any of those things, we become partners for life in both CIFAs. It is in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard on money in the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Yeah, I'm on. Ah, damn it. People never pay a book again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby.